I met a traveler from an antique land who said, Two vast and trunkless legs of stone stand in the desert. Near them, on the sand, half sunk, a shattered visage lies, whose frown and wrinkled lip and sneer of cold command tell that its sculptor well those passions read which yet survive, stamped on these lifeless things. The hand that mocked them and the heart that fed and on the pedestal these words appear. My name is Ozymandias, King of Kings. Look on my works, ye mighty and despair. Nothing beside remains. Round the decay of that colossal wreck, boundless and bare, the lone and level sands stretch far away. Alex Piper. I am the head of YouTube Originals. Today, my close friends Tarek, Andy, Charles, and Tim will be discussing the wonderful investment opportunities at Aussie Media. My internet is broken, so I will not be there. However, I hear they will go into detail regarding a frivolous lawsuit from Lifeline, as well as recount Aussie Media's very legal actions. Enjoy. Well, all right. It's Friday night. Uh, that's the best night of the year. Right? Or whenever recording. you're listening to this podcast. Who knows? Yeah, no, we're recording on a Friday <laughs> night. Yeah. You can listen to it on any night or day. Right? Uh, we have uh, Andy, Tim, and Charles uh, re- returning. Yes. Um, and for me, yep. this is like uh, this, this episode. Like, I, I sleep and walk into the politics episode we did last time. Uh, <laughs> But uh, this this episode, it's got everything cor- yeah. concerning corporate malfeasance. This is like the migrant caravan to my Tucker Carlson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not always excited about every episode that we start ginning up <laughs> in, the, in the chat, but this one, whenever whenever there's like a compliance opportunity, you, yeah. you get real active in the chat. This is uh, this is the Trump Russia Gate to my Rachel Maddow. I'm all over this. <laughs> What's up, folks, and welcome to the Deals Cast. Exactly. This is about <laughs> this is about the perversion of a deal, though. This was a deal perverted. <laughs> so we are, of course, about to talk about the rise, fall, and rise again of the OZ Media franchise. Um, Don't forget fall again, too, because that's, that's definitely going- coming. Are we going with? Yeah. I think it's funny that we started with Rod. Are we going with yeah. Ozzy? That's. <laughs> I thought it was Ozzy. It Ozzy? I think it's Ozzy. Sorry. Are we doing Ozzy? Ozzy. Sorry. It's Otil the Iceman. It's Ozzy. Yeah, it's Ozzy. Ozzy. All right. Yeah. What about Ozzy? As we will Uzi get into Uzi. later. Yeah. Uh, what was the name of the guy from the uh, Holy Land? Foundation? Oh, Avi. 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 Yeah. Yes. No. Okay. <laughs> uh, sorry. Ozzy. Ozzy Media, the rise. They should have. They should have called themselves Major Liar Media. That would have been a great. Yeah. Name for that. 
the first thing that you need to know about Ozzy Media is just exactly what you thought the first time you heard the story or when you heard Tark say it, which is, who? Who the fuck are you talking about? Because that's <laughs> yeah. that's the primary fact about this media company that is going to drive most uh, most of what else goes on here is that nobody's ever fucking heard of them. Well, depending on who you believe, it's hard to it's hard to imagine that there's a billion dollar American media property that has never been retweeted into your feed. Yeah, yeah. But here we are. So there's this one. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> It depends. It depends on who you believe, though, right? I mean, if you believe your own <laughs> eyes and ears, right? <laughs> but if you believe Aussie media, yeah, we you know, have emotional materials. Yeah. They have they have more impressions than Richie deals. Uh, so, you know. uh, so the, the I mean, first of all, the name uh, on their website they explain that the name Ozzy Media is short for Ozzy Mandy is the poem by Ber- Percy Bysh- Bryce Bysh Bryce yeah it's I'm already yeah. you should have just said by Shelley by Shelley yeah <laughs> by Percy Shelley uh, this is great stuff po- thanks for tuning in everybody <laughs> Welcome to poems. I love how articulate Look. these lawyers are about today's legal concepts. <laughs> uh, and that, 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 as they note, the poem is commonly read as a warning against outside outsized egos and the impermanence. Of <laughs> Boy, life. they got that right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but right, but we choose to read it differently. Uh, for us, it's a call to think big while remaining humble. Admittedly, ours is an unconventional interpretation. Because that's who we are. In a world littered with conformity, <laughs> we like to see things differently. I remember um, hearing about that, like reading this when it first came out and being like, wow, this is what like what a crazy thing to stake your entire company on. And looking back on yeah. it, it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, they couldn't have nailed it more. I mean, what I love about it is this is them talking about their own name, right? Yes. Which means that they've gone through the process of, like, launching, right? They filed the the paperwork, they named the company, they paid someone for a website, and then some summer intern is like, what the fuck are you talking about? That's not what the poem means. And so their first public statement is, many people say what the poem means, but we think it means something completely ridiculous. It's a very defensive statement, too. It's like, look, we might seem stupid, and we are, but... Some people... Some people will tell you that these things mean one thing, but there are many ways to interpret all sorts of stuff, such as viewership metrics. You know, you read them one way, we read them another way. Yeah, you, you, you might think we're stupid, but we don't think we're stupid. And that's what's really important. Um, but, you know, I think it is fair to say that the Aussie people did get one thing correct, is that they do, in fact, see many things uh, differently. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, from the viewership numbers as discussed to uh, what we're about to get into. Yeah, I think one I think one uh, employee, uh, Eugene Robinson, did a piece in NYT recently <laughs> about what it's like to work there. And he said, uh, you know, when I, when I was meeting for the first time with Carlos Watson, I was thinking, like, yeah, you're kind of a visionary, but, like, in the sense of seeing things that aren't there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
what I mean is I think you're a mascot. <laughs> Baby, you know me well. You don't mean what I say. Before I say farewell, I'll give you one more day so you can find out what's happening. Find so out the story begins in media res. Please don't tell me it's media res. Uh, <laughs> uh, in February 2021, Ozzy, uh, this wildly successful, uh, at least according to their press packet, uh, media company is seeking an additional round of funding from our friends at Goldman Sachs, a very well-known uh, Wall Street investment banking firm. Um, I've been on business calls. Uh, I've been on business calls that have gone extremely well. Uh, I've been on business calls that have gone <laughs> exceptionally poorly. <laughs> what are you ranking this one? <laughs> I have never been on a business call <laughs> approaching this level and, of bananas. If you had, you would not say that publicly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I had, uh, I probably wouldn't be here. Um, yeah, th- this call uh, doesn't go very well. So uh, Goldman is looking to infuse a certain amount of capital. Uh, why is $40 million That is correct. Uh, $40 million is correct. Uh, into into uh, Aussie. Uh, and as bankers are wont to do before giving $40 million over, they want to do some seeming amount of due diligence on the deal. Uh, and one of the things that, I mean, I think it's been kind of an open secret for quite some time that Ozzy's numbers seemed weird. I mean, yeah, there was an article you know, in BuzzFeed in 2017 that's like, that 2017. was, yeah, that was like, Ozzy's just kind of funneling these through like a, uh, kind of like a, parasite bot that just kind of redirects it in the middle of other links yeah i mean like they they cite you know millions and millions of 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 uh uh, people they're reaching but you know half those numbers are social media impressions uh you know they have these youtube videos that have a lot of clicks but like three comments like show bobs ma'am Yeah, and they have um, like, and, and they have like, like you click, you're trying to reach one thing, and like Tim was saying, you get, uh, you get put through a redirect thicket that gives a view to everything that you get that you see for half a millisecond before you eventually get to your destination, or these pop unders right. where uh, the content shows up beneath what you're looking at, and then mm-hmm. you know when you get done with the content you looked for, maybe you'll just go, oh, what a happy circumstance! I have time for this five minute yeah. video. 2003 Russian internet and, shit, basically. Right, right. Yeah. Right. And and one of and what's important here is that they've been telling everyone that they have a special deal with YouTube. Right. Yeah. They're a and huge so Goldman's YouTube content like, provider. Yeah. And so the Goldman's like, let's can we uh, talk with YouTube then? <laughs> yeah. Right. Just get them on the phone to verify. We just want to. We just want to check. Yeah. We just want to ask a couple simple questions about what's going on. And Ozzy says, no problem. He will be there. <laughs> yeah. We'll get you the guy. Alex Piper is going to be on the call. 100%. So they, Mr. YouTube they himself. Alex Piper yeah. YouTube. So they uh, they all try to connect to the call. Uh, turns out that Mr. Piper. Uh, Google employee has no internet. <laughs> Having a little trouble that day. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what, like, that's what people who catfish do. Like, the that show, the catfishing show, that would happen in every episode of that. That's, like, <laughs> a huge red flag that the person you're talking to is not real. Yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> oh, shit, my FaceTime not working today. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately. Uh, We're so going to have Al- to do this over text chat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
So uh, Alex Piper's not able to connect to the call, so they arranged for a traditional conference call. Uh, you know, the, the traditional pandemic stuff that happens, I, I'm sure. But Alex Piper, of course, emails them from a Gmail account. <laughs> you could be fooled. That's both Google. You, I assume yeah, it is a Google Gmail proper. Google. Who, who knows? Maybe. Right. Alex Pipper at Gmail. <laughs> <laughs> With 45 um, digits behind it. <laughs> so eventually the bankers uh, the aussie guys the youtube guy all connect uh, to uh, to the to the traditional conference call uh and the youtube guy starts waxing effusive about you know how wonderful aussie is and how what a huge part of the youtube platform they are um and at some point uh the goldman sachs guys uh, start to realize that he sounds a little bit like a 60s robot right. or something. Yeah, right. Right? You know, Like the audio sounds weird. <laughs> He's using some <laughs> voice-changing device or something. <laughs> um, and uh, they go through the call and uh, uh, ultimately conclude it. Uh, you know, the Goldman guys... You know, not to be, uh, not, you know, they're pretty sharp cookies uh, right. in their own way. They get paid right? the big bucks they, for a reason. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, they decide to give uh, the real Alex Piper a call. <laughs> Which presumably was just at a different number and email and everything. <laughs> no, it was. They had, like, they had his actual admin's email address. And so instead of writing to the Gmail address, they're like, assistant at actualyoutube.com. Uh, were you just on a call with us? <laughs> and predictably, uh, Alex Piper of YouTube says, uh, what, what the fuck are you talking about? Ozzy? What the fuck is Ozzy? Right. So, uh, you know, obviously this doesn't bode well for the due diligence process. <laughs> Actually, to be fair, it bodes very well for the due diligence process. It bodes very poorly for Ozzy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The guy, the guy writing, rarely when you write a memo like this do you get to have a very clear conclusion. I am 100% certain. <laughs> we should not be doing this. <laughs> No money is being left on the table here. Well, and that's a, actually a good practice point, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you should do your job. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, as a lawyer on the due diligence team uh, in a deal, uh, it is always the case that you look at the deal and you go, this is a bunch of dog shit. <laughs> uh, there are obvious huge risks uh, to this acquisition or this, or this investment or whatever it is. Uh, here they are. You list them out. Everybody gets mad at you for raising it, and they go ahead and do the deal anyway. Right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I guess in that sense, you're correct. This was a victory for the due diligence process. <laughs> in the, right. um, you gotta, you got to hang your hand on some victories when you go to therapy. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. 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 That's, this is where this is where the memo line yeah. is just it's all fraud. Like every every bit of you it don't is have fraud. to th- yeah, all caps subhead. Do not <laughs> just don't. They literally faked a guy's voice and contacted right. phone. Which which you is what like, ha- we haven't mentioned what happened. So the COO, uh Samir mm-hmm. Rao, what actually happened was he you know, got the fake email and the fake phone number and all that and did use a voice modulating technology to like allegedly sound like Alex Piper. Yeah. Which, by the way, not some low level guy. They didn't bring anyone in. It's the literal COO, one of the two guys yeah, probably, at the yeah. top of the pyramid who's yeah. just doing my voice is my passport yeah. uh, <laughs> to, to the to the Goldman Sachs due diligence team. 
So Goldman passes on the on the investment. Um, Surprise! Judiciously, and, yes. Yeah, and you know, I believe we're proffered an expl- explanation, and the official explanation was was that the COO Samir Rao uh, had a huge accident uh, <laughs> of mental health. Uh, he had psychology. <laughs> he had a lot of psychology that day. We are he went super a little... sorry about that, but he yeah. just went a little wacky. Yeah. yeah. It's he like was the, suffering from acute whoopsie. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the Dr. Strange whoopsie. He went a little funny in the head, you know, just a little funny. Um, it would have been and funny now if that's what happened to Michael Clayton instead of uh, him getting naked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who among us has not yeah. got a voicemail uh, and tried to defraud him? So they said uh, he's out on leave, uh, taking care of his problem. <laughs> he's uh, on death duty. The, he's not on the streets. We've raised... We've raised the issue <laughs> to our board of directors, um, and we have determined that no investigation is necessary. We want to respect Samir's <laughs> healing process. Um, let's just, you know, our bad. Uh, let's just let that one It would on. be ableist of us to figure out if anything else like this is happening. Right. Right. Though, to be clear, I don't know that any of that was ever remotely said internally. Right. Yeah. That's just what happens after the story. Yeah, breaks, that's true. Yes. Is they go, oh, yeah, it's not that we didn't know. We were just trying to be compassionate about his health crisis. And uh, we figured he would just get better. Well, I'm sure we'll find out chamomile. eventually in, in one of the discovery drops from <laughs> one of the lawsuits that eventually gets filed against this company. But I bet they did say something to Goldman. Yeah. That was sure. similar to this. That like, oh yeah, yeah he was losing his mind. They had to tell him something because presumably they probably also Gold, had to tell. I, I would assume so. Because they were Gold, also had to tell Goldman probably got back to them and said, uh, "No, we're not going to be giving <laughs> you the forty million. And uh, if you'd like also, an explanation, yeah. Happened? So don't call us again, Carlos. Don't. <laughs> yeah, you're not welcome over here. You got a red flag next to your name. But that's all Goldman did, which was in a way chill of Goldman. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no harm, no foul, right? Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the guys at YouTube uh, took it a little more seriously. Uh, <laughs> the unsung heroes of any corporate operation in 2021, the information security team uh, got involved, and they seem to think this might involve some type of internet <laughs> fraud, uh, you know, uh, identity theft, etc. Um, as a corporate lawyer uh, who's worked on security incidents, uh, you know, let me just say, I think that's a reasonable conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not going to call them the bad guys. And yeah. a little practice point for you budding fraudsters out there. If you do attempt to impersonate an executive of a Fortune 500 company, yeah, they might, uh, they might take issue with it. Yeah. So robust, uh, yeah, robust information security platform over at YouTube. Congratulations. Um, they, they notify the FBI, uh, and the FBI predictably goes around and starts interviewing um, witnesses. Um, the story sort of trickles out from there, uh, and Ozzy, uh, Ozzy rather, uh, winds up uh, uh, getting funding from somebody else. <laughs> Uh, so a win-win in, in a sense. <laughs> <laughs>
wait, wait. So I, I just, I, I just want to be clear. It doesn't seem like that story does come out for a while. It seems like that story just sort of vaporizes for several. Well, that's months. what I said. It, it just sort of, it just sort of, you know, it just yeah. dies. They go out and get other funding. Right. Uh, the FBI is nosing about, but uh, you know, uh, businesses. Yeah, they just like go back to their day. They're like, well, I guess we'll take that funding meeting with the next yeah. holdings company because uh, yeah. all right, blew it with Goldman. All right, we're gonna try not yeah. to do that one again. <laughs> Lessons <laughs> learned. <Tomorrow's> another <laughs> right. day. We're not gonna get forty at once. We got to speak to forty different people let's, now. Let's see if, get one from each. Let's see if we can get a return on the voice modulator. That was a <laughs> that didn't work out. <laughs> Right. Got it at Bed Bath and Beyond. They take everything back. It's fine. Uh, you know, let's do a little let's do a little round table, you know, let's let's go over lessons learned, you know, let's let's figure out what we can, what we can do better next time, team. Um <laughs> These guys are fucking so fucking stupid. <laughs> so uh so that was February uh twenty twenty one. Uh and the story doesn't pop uh, until late September in the New York Times. One intrepid reporter has been... I thought it was Ben Smith. Ben Smith, that's wrote the Wrote the big article. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's um, been doing a lot of follow-up, too. So, yeah, shout yeah, out to him yeah, for... Yeah, he's their media. Shout out to him for giving us content. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. Right? <laughs> well, I mean, shout out to the Goldman guys, because obviously, like, you know, bankers famously have big mouths, right? Like the, right. Remember that that one guy, Alexi Vayner, um, you know, who applied to UBS and became one of the earliest internet memes. Uh, sent sent some video of him like serving a tennis ball at 100 miles an hour and uh, right, uh, you know, ballroom dancing and stuff. Uh, uh, you know, like that shit got passed around all their fucking Bloomberg terminal chats and everything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, these guys, these bankers, cannot keep their fucking mouth shut uh, for anything. So I'm honestly surprised it took it took seven months for this to trickle out. To the it's Times. because the it's because they boxed out the Zoom thing. That would have been recorded and posted by the end of the fucking day. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. And yeah. you know, and it, and you know, I wonder, like at the time of the 2017 story. Ben Smith was at BuzzFeed, so I wonder if he's just kind of been had it out like, for him. Uh, he, no, not had it out for him, but like, watching. like has them on a bulletin board yeah. as someone who's gonna yeah. fuck up again, yeah. Yeah. and just like keep your eye on yeah. him because <laughs> something good will eventually come from paying attention. Yeah, I'll bet they as did said, their due diligence to get as much of this damning information as they possibly could, rather than just run with it as soon as possible. So on September twenty eighth, the article uh, mostly hitting the points we just hit, but hit. Uh, in this intro uh, comes out in the New York Times. Uh, recall the board had declined to take any action as respects uh, Mr. Rao's unfortunate mental health incident. Uh, two days later, they hire Paul Weiss, uh, Rifkin, Garrison, and Wharton, uh, the uh, uh, white shoe law firm in New York, uh, to investigate this issue. <laughs> uh, strange. You know, it didn't warrant an investigation back in February, but now that there's an article in the Times, suddenly Paul Weiss is on the case. <laughs> hey, congrats. Right, the, first thing, the, first, the first thing Paul Weiss investigates is why there was no investigation in February. <laughs> well, that's, and, and, and that leads us to another practice tip. Um, if you are uh, in-house counsel, in-house compliance person, uh, uh, anybody uh, charged with investigating corporate malfeasance, and the board has asked you to sweep something under the rug, uh, I think you should commission the investigation before the news runs the story. <laughs> <laughs> or save your money once the yeah. news story does run. Like, don't start paying yeah. Paul Ways now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
maybe just handle that one in house. Yeah. I mean, the, at least. Yeah. the Times did all the work for you, right? Uh, you know, just sign off on the Times article. Yeah, <laughs> hiring Paul Weiss seven months after the incident and two days after the reputational risk has just hit like a hammer. Uh, that is not great corporate governance practice. Yeah, I mean, Paul Weiss is way too expensive to close the barn door now that your horses are gone. <laughs> um, so and so, and that just sets off the article. Just sets off a like a wave of resignation. Right, right. People start jumping from the board. Yeah. Uh, the who was Katie K? Oh, Katie K. She was one I don't of their big talents who, she... who they had. Uh, who oh, they okay. Had got yeah. That was that was pretty big for them. Yeah. She was so one, she one of their content away. producers. The the chairman of the board, Mark Lazary, was really good because he was just like. Oof, uh, I'm not I'm not so good at uh, being head of the board while everything's fucked. So you guys figure that one out. Which which right. which in his in his defense, I got to say his last gig was over at the Weinstein company. So, you know, he might be right about that. I yeah. mean, <laughs> you need a wartime conciliary. Yeah. Um, I already I know when, that this is not for me. When everything's illegal, but good. That's when you call me. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, and then uh, with uh, <laughs> then once everyone leaves, they're like, "Well, I guess we don't need Paul Weiss either," <laughs> and they they call off the investigation <laughs> by closing their doors. So they are forever. not they are no longer doing an internal investigation. Yeah, yeah because they immediately shuttered the company uh, <laughs> right for twenty four hours, and then the next right. day they reopen it. Yeah, shuttered via notes app as uh, as everyone knows. <laughs> It was a great little, just like, they they changed their avatar to a black circle. (laughs) (laughs) Like, um, when you're you're shutting your company down in a manner similar to a guy who got called out for DMing teenagers on Twitter... (laughs) Uh, you know, with a paste bin and a notes app, uh, that's that's not that's not the sign of uh, a, a, of a well-run organization. Yeah, it's a real shame too, because they had all of their content people working on a <laughs> Halloween name for the account. <laughs> <laughs> but it is thematically consistent because the low rent uh, just follows through from the scam to the self, you know, self-destruct. Here, these guys don't do anything with any polish on it. No, no. So yep. so, have we recapped the week? I mean, uh, so essentially, Sunday New York Times reports serious fraud. Monday they 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 push back. Ozzy pushes back. Uh, Tuesday, every major talent at the company leaves. Uh, Wednesday, the chairman of the board resigns. Thursday, they bring in the high-priced lawyers. Friday, they say we're closing, and Saturday, they say we're reopening. Yeah. <laughs> I wish, I wish we had the budget to have Rebecca Black sing that. <laughs> so, if we hearken back to the Deutsche Bank episode, uh, and we talked about uh, prudent internal controls. Uh, and a risk management mindset. You gotta look for red flags. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Look for red flags. Uh, and there's, you know, if your company has decided to, you know, use, uh, you know, stuff that they, you know, got at a novelty store, uh, 
uh, to defraud Goldman yeah. Sachs. They're putting on the Groucho Marx squid bank. <laughs> yeah. Um, that might be a sign that there are organizational problems that persist deeper into the organization uh, and throughout its entire operations. Uh, right. And this, this is the stuff you do to get the money at the beginning from Steve Jobs' wife. <laughs> this isn't what you do to get the money from someone with like a one thousand person security team. This is what yeah. has always. This is what has baffled me about the story from the beginning. I have this point, I think, later. But like, if you want to commit fraud, generally. The people who really make money on committing fraud and the people who we care about. It's like you defraud people who are generally viewed in society as, like, stupid. So, like, right. old, old people, children, <clears throat> military, you know, or military veterans or something. The people who, like, CFPB is allowed to, CFPB is allowed yeah. to, you know, chase after with their limited budget because uh, fraud against them. That's who you want to go after because those people don't catch you. You beat them in numbers. They lose to you all the time. What you don't do, you're not is is go up to like the most suspicious, well capitalized, bloodthirsty bank in the world with the fucking loopiest, dumbest ass plan possible and think you're gonna come out of there with anything right. other than fucked. The entire plan hinged on them never talking to Alex Piper. Right. Yeah. Which is like, why would they? Why would right. that never happen? They probably when they, talk- when they probably like know each other. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like they would. Like someone there will just like literally know the actual Alex he, Piper. Was there at the? He's like, no, I was eating lunch with him. What are you talking well, yeah, about? Yeah, we golfed last weekend, bro. Yeah. Uh, it's like yeah. it's just like Pee Wee Herman level shit. You're like, I'm Alex Piper. <laughs> 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 I mean, you think you're gonna pull one over? It worked for Elizabeth Holmes for very long. So, yeah, I mean, it reminds me of like Michael Avenatti trying to, you know, trying to strong arm David Boys. Yeah, and he's like, how fucking dare you? Yeah, I hire Mossad to deal with this stuff. You think you could come here and threaten the market cap of Nike <laughs> over college basketball fraud? Like, we invented college basketball it's like Ocean, fraud. It's like Ocean's Eleven, but the cast is just like fucking Beavis and Butthead. Like, it's so <laughs> fucking stupid. Uh, so, again, uh, that red flag is humongous. And it may not surprise you, intrepid listeners, to learn that there was, in fact... A whole bunch of bullshit going on. Uh, <laughs> the aftermath of the Times story is now everyone has to run an Aussie story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so everyone <laughs> runs an Aussie story because there are so many. Yeah. Like right. everyone can reach out it, to a source and find out something fucked up that it they turns did. out that trough is very full. <laughs> All right, yeah, so so 
one thing that's going on there right now among the many uh, is that Ozzy got two PPP loans, one in April 2020 and the second one in February 2021. And, like, not small ones. These are for $3.75 million and $2 million. And, now, <laughs> and everyone, you know, everyone did PPP loan fraud. That's, that's for, not a big yeah. <laughs> For people who don't remember what that is, those were, like, the Paycheck Protection Loans yeah. or right. whatever. It's the CARES Act, the Congress, COVID relief yeah. loans. And so... Uh, they dipped their hand in the trough for that. Um, now, everybody did go out and get these. Now, it's there's a few interesting facts here. One is that both loans are greater than $2 million, which means that they are subject to automatic review by the SBA. Mm-hmm. So, not what I would do if I were this company. <laughs> but <laughs> This is another practice point. Yeah. <laughs> um, another- you should probably have internal counsel who knows what the trigger points are on the statutes that you're taking advantage now, of. Now, you do have a good bet that SBA is going to be overwhelmed and maybe doesn't have a great review practice that, uh, you know, for a program that just got put together last year uh, in place, and maybe you can skate by. But, you know, now that there's some time stories out about it, they probably are going to meet with some amount of <laughs> review, <laughs> a couple phone calls. And they're gonna. It, there's some interesting facts here for them because February 2021, when they take out... Uh, the second loan for $2 million is incidentally right the same month that Samir is doing the voice modulator thing on the call with Goldman. <laughs> At the same time, yeah. well, it's probably he probably took out the second loan because he was having mental health. <laughs> right, issues. right. Yeah. Yeah. I got to say, as a, as a business guy, I really appreciate that you've got a COO who's out there fucking, you know, grinding like this. <laughs> He's defrauding Goldman Sachs and the federal government ex- at exactly the same time. That's, yeah, that's what gets you ahead and start a culture. He's moving. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this guy's a triple threat. Right. So so in January 2021, Carlos Watson, That's the, I don't know if we've talked about him, but he's the owner. He's, he's like the he's the co-founder with Samir, but he's the own, he's majority owner uh, of this company. Now, he was telling Axios that Ozzy was profitable for the first time ever in 2020 with $50 million in revenue. Now, this is a problem. Great news. This is a problem when you put these facts together because they got a second PPP loan. Now, if you look at the regulations, if you want a second draw PPP loan, you have to demonstrate a 25% revenue reduction from 2019 to 2020. You don't want to be in the papers saying that it was your first profitable year ever. <laughs> this is exactly, you know, I mean, you could read Ozymandias as a rebuke to uh, hubris. <laughs> Or you can read it as an invitation to hubris. You know, you can read, uh, you know, having your best year ever uh, as a good thing. Uh, or you can read it as an opportunity right. to take a second. You can read Ozymandias as about a really sick statue that's still existing in the desert and standing completely straight up. <laughs> yeah, so I tremble. So just, I tremble looking at the statue. So just to wrap this up, I mean, it's all. I'm sure you, you understand, listener, that it's. This is these are not good facts for Ozzy. But another bad fact is that the tail end of the articles reporting this are all about interviews with Ozzy employees who all say, Yeah, we never saw any of that money. I don't know where the fuck it went because right. they did layoffs and salary reductions. So wherever they put that money, it didn't and come to us. To reiterate, yeah, I believe PPP stands for Paycheck Protection Program. Protection, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I mean it's like it's a loan that the government forgives if you show that you spent it on payroll. Yeah. You're not supposed to Otherwise, cut. Otherwise, you actually have to pay it yeah. back. You could read pay te- Paycheck Protection 
as being relevant to paychecks, uh, or you can read it elsewhere. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So, so just to start keeping count, this is about six million dollars that they might have to that might be going back out the door. Okay, that's yeah. that's the end of this little piece. I think I think we can settle the uh, Ozzy versus Ozzy question. Yeah. Uh, because of who they got in litigation with. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Fair point. Right. So definitely one of the funniest ones was, um, I think it was Carlos Watson who said that, that Sharon and Ozzy Osbourne were investors, but it turns out that they weren't. So after that was said, <laughs> first they got sued. Yeah, because Ozfest, Sharon and Ozzy were suing Ozzyfest. Because it sounded too much like Ozfest, the metal festival that they've been doing for like a decade. Right, and they said the lyric, they, they said the logo was similar. There was a, there was a couple of similarity problems they had. Right, so they, that eventually I'm got. I'm sure wrapped it was an innocent up. mistake. That, that got wrapped up, and Watson said that both of them were investing in in Ozzy, uh, which after all these stories dropped, Sharon went ahead and let CNN know that that wasn't true at all, not even remotely. <laughs> Right, she like literally called into CNBC and was like, "No, no, that's not never." True. I mean, it's, like it's, they it's... kept trying to give us shares yeah, and, and there's this, to settle the case. And, and there's this part where they're confronting Watson about it in one of the recent interviews, and he's like, "I didn't say she was a friend." You know what? Play the tape then. Go ahead and play the tape. You know what? Cue up the tape. Sharon Osbourne, uh, you made a comment on this program, by the way, saying that she was a friend and investor in the company. Uh, I, I didn't say she was a friend. <laughs> I think we can probably go back and get the you, tape. You, you know what? Play the tape then. Please go ahead and play the tape. I don't, know if, we, I don't, I don't know if we have the you tape. Know, cue up the tape. No, no, this is an Obama-Romney moment. Cue up the tape. Show me the tape. Ozzy's the name of our larger media company, named after a great poem 200 years ago. But fun fact, our friend uh, Ozzy and Sharon sued us briefly. Did they? And then we decided to be friends, and now they're investors in Ozzy. It's spelled differently. Oh, they're it's, investors it's, now. Now they're investors. They're part of the family. <laughs> Wait which, uh, this tape. <laughs> <laughs> which they still haven't fully denied that uh, she is an investor. They keep saying that she's secretly an investor, which is pretty right. good. Right. I mean, it's po- like it's entirely possible that she's an owner, but yeah, that's she, maybe they gifted it. Yeah, she received yeah. shares in the <laughs> yes, settlement. Yeah. <laughs> but that wouldn't make her an investor, right? You know, and I mean, like what what Sharon said is like we came to an agreement that they couldn't have any of like artists of the style that we have, like no metal acts, no alternative acts. They were doing some like they started having some hip hop acts, but we have some of those, too. So I have to approve their performer lists. as part of the settlement and so she's like no they kept offering me shares and i'm like shares of what your company isn't worth anything <laughs> <laughs> like and just getting owned by sharon osborne on Jesus a bit on the business channel yeah but they have an aussie fest <laughs> right speaking at. speaking of aussie yeah. fest um you may remember aussie <laughs> fest happening in 2018 as just kind of this weird abomination that happened in central park 
if you're one of our uh, flavors of listener that's a weird internet cretin and not, you know, law student at, you know, fucking Northwestern or whatever, um, probably your only pre-article memory of Ozzy was when the host of Chapel Trap House, Matt Chrisman, dropped acid and he went and watched Malcolm Gladwell, you know, do a Fortnite dance with uh, Malala or something. Um, Java, Java Lange at the week called it a strange, well-funded mutation of the hashtag resistance, organized and attended by people who are so out of touch and smugly con- self-congratulatory that highlights of day one, which I attended, are limited to Hillary Clinton talking about Russia and DNC chairman Tom Perez and predicting that the party will win north of 23 House seats plus two seats come November. So it was a weird <laughs> festival when it worked where it was like Will I Am and Jeff Bezos like talking about <laughs> the future of opportunity or something. Uh, but after that riotously successful 2018 fest, uh, Ozzy Fest was unfortunately cursed with disaster. Uh, that probably oh, that probably saved this whole house of cards from falling at least two years earlier than it Absolutely. could have. Uh, it was canceled in 2019 due to a heat wave in 2020, obviously, because of the pandemic. Uh, which they postponed in 2021 until right about now, but obviously when the company uh, got canceled for one day, uh, Ozzy Fest ceased to be. <laughs> it's it so has... funny. I'm listening. I'm listening to those casts, and it's like fine, like thinking you're in the good place, and then like when everything washes over you, and you realize that it's actually hell. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I gotta <laughs> imagine that that's what the one Ozzy Fest felt like. Um, but we were robbed of 2019 Aussie Fest, uh, which would have basically been Firefest too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, the they had never sold like any tickets to anything. Like they had said at one of their earlier events that they had sold twenty thousand tickets for a five thousand seat venue. <laughs> um, and then they said that they were going to have a hundred thousand people. At the 2019 Central by, Park by they, Aussie again, Fest. This is the owner, Carlos Watson, who is right. a total freak of a human being. But their permit only let them have 15,000 people a day. Which they so couldn't even if, Right. So even if they were going to do like Pulse, like Simon and Garfunkel reunion numbers, <laughs> right? Yeah. Which like they actually filled the law, great lawn and beyond, right? Right. Like even if that conceivably was going to happen, they couldn't do it under their permit, number one. And number two, public events at Central Park, 80% of the tickets have to be giveaways, like to use the public space, you can't actually sell tickets to everybody. You have to give away eighty percent of the tickets. It sounds like a revenue problem so, to me. Yeah, so it's like none of it. It's just Carlos Watson going out and making things up again. You know, just saying what it was going to be, and like it was, it was supposed to happen. And then, like, when he says, when Tim says they got bailed out by a heat wave, it's literally true. It was 100 degrees, and de Blasio canceled all outdoor events because people would die. (laughs) (laughs) And so it literally, and so then not only did they not step on the rake of holding this event, 
they got to make an insurance claim. Yeah, these guys were getting ready to go the millions in debt on this because they had to pay all their talent and they couldn't sell any tickets to it and nobody was fucking coming anyway. Uh, but instead, they just get to cancel it, make an insurance claim, and they had great insurance and turn it into a winner. Which, by the way, uh, they could probably get investigated by the insurance company now <laughs> because, like, the representations they made in the claim about potential profits uh, may may come under scrutiny, yeah. uh, which will be interesting. Too. Uh, let me just tell you, Richie Deals takes insurance fraud very seriously. <laughs> <laughs> so if there's anyone who held the Aussie policy yeah. pouring over exceptions... Uh... <laughs> so as you can see as we're um, peeling through these, the corporate culture there, it's a little bit of a mess. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, as all of you know, I'm sure all of you watched Carlos Watson's. Interview yeah, I watched every episode all the time. So. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. No, I, I t-voted. So, <laughs> I I knew who he was and watched it all the time. So, so this was like their big media property. Yeah. Right. And and like in the sixth sense view, where you're looking over the life of Ozzy. This seems to be like the main thing. It, it looked like somebody tried to do a live action version of the the segments in Space Ghost where they do interviews. If you remember oh, Space Ghost, yeah. to Coast. <laughs> it kind of just looks like the the live action part, but the whole thing, right? And so maybe it's a good show. I don't know. This is what I know about it. It only aired on YouTube on their own channel, which was like a normal channel that had like. Only a few thousand subscribers, but all of the videos had like tons of views. Like Tarek well, said, no, this not before. all of them. No. Like roughly right. half of them had like exactly five hundred thousand views, and the rest had about thirty six. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so it's a pity that the show was running on a normal YouTube channel because what Carlos Watson told everyone, his guests his employees, the people he hired to produce the show, was that he had a deal to air this show on A&E, right? <laughs> so he got Malcolm Gladwell as the only guest whose name is sticking in my mind, which may be a hard guess. Mar Marcus Samuelson is. is the one I saw, uh, who was okay. most recently famous for trying to save Bon Appetit after they got canceled for being racist and not centering uh -huh. bodies in spaces. <laughs> Now, right. now, listeners, He's... listeners, listeners, <laughs> now, just for a second, like a little pop out, a little pop quiz here. Answer for yourself this question before we reveal it. Do you think he actually had a deal to air the show <laughs> on A&E? <laughs> the answer after we return. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's a trick question uh, because he actually had a deal with YouTube Originals, right? That's what he eventually wound up saying to all the staff right. and people that were coming on is that it was going to YouTube Original. Look, we don't have the deal with A&E. The deal with A&E fell through because I never talked to them. <laughs> yeah, we never actually had one. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, but despite that, we are going to be we're doing it for YouTube Original. Ask Alex Piper. I he knows that we're doing it for YouTube Originals. <laughs> right. And so, like, the guy who they hired to produce the whole thing, whose name I forgot to write down, um, he actually knew people at A&E, right? And he's been working on this show for months. They've done a bunch of, they've taped a bunch of episodes. 
And he keeps trying to get Carlos Watson to get him a meeting with the A&E people. And Watson keeps blowing him off. And so he finally just calls someone he knows at A&E who is like, I have no idea what you're talking about. What is Carlos Watson? Yeah. (laughs) Never. Right. And so he quits. And then, like, Carlos Watson tries to, like, get him to not quit because he's like, actually, uh, the A&E thing fell through. We're doing it for YouTube originals. So YouTube is going to be paying us. Through. But that also was not true. <laughs> like, he just made that up also. It was just running on regular YouTube with all kinds of SEO tricks. Like, we talked about No, before, not SEO tricks. What, what, it, what it was doing was that it was running the video as an ad before you get Right. Uh, uh, your actual video. So that's where all the right. views... It was no doing pre-rolls and actual, pop-unders and stuff like nobody that. Nobody was actually yeah. watching these. They were just being flashed in front of people's faces for five seconds for five until they seconds. could skip. Right, right. More like click form right. than SEO. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and then, like, I, I, live, uh, I live in Brooklyn, and there's, like, a Western Beef grocery store, like, a half mile from my house. And there are actually Carlos Watson show like billboards <laughs> on the side of this thing and all of them have quotes you know about how he's a great interviewer and it's the best show on TV and these things like there were like they did they you know there are some quotes that attribute it to I don't remember if it's the New York Times or the LA Times but that was because they ran a paid supplement in the Times <laughs> right and so all of the quotes whether it's attributed to Variety or the LA Times or whoever, when you like peel back where the quote is, it's literally always Samir Rao in an interview being run in that magazine. <laughs> and then instead of attributing it to the COO of the company, all of the ads attribute it to the venue where he was being interviewed. Maybe he said those comments through a voice modulator, which would technically <laughs> comment. No, no, yeah, no. Such, wait, wait, Charles, one question. You, you said you lived near the Western Beef, so you're in Prospect Lefferts. Yes, um, I am. Um, how are the shelves? <laughs> uh, oh, there. It looks. It's like Venezuela here. Yeah. It looks. It's like Venezuela here. Uh, sorry, Brooklyn. just just curious. Okay. The supply chains are terrible. Uh, my child hasn't eaten in a week. Now, to ju- <laughs> to jump ahead a little and just give some of this a bit of a legal hook. You may be thinking that a lot of what the corporate culture sounds like that we've been talking about is kind of a fake it till you make it sort of ethos. And that yes. is true. And that you know that's a phrase that we hear a lot. You hear it in you hear it in grade school, middle school, high school, you hear it in sports, you hear it in your career advice, you know, get over imposter syndrome, just fake it till you make it. One place among all the places where it's good, one place you don't want to do fake it till you make it is a connection with the sale of a security (laughs) (laughs) and that's what a lot of this stuff is going to when they have when when they're showing uh you know charles billboards from the grocery store and they're saying listen this is a new york times quote you don't want to do that (laughs) right though it's funny that like the new york times quote you can get away with because they're a private company yeah right right but you can't get away with like any lies to the people you directly sell 
securities to in any of like your private offerings. But that, that's that's what I mean. If you're saying like we're being covered yeah. in the New York Times and this oh, is what yeah, they're yeah, saying yeah. about it, I wouldn't do that if you're trying to sell those people securities. <laughs> and that's gonna come up. Great point, Andy. <laughs> There's so many more examples, yeah. though. I mean, the workplace itself was utterly toxic, right? right like, right. Uh, uh, Carlos, I think, was described as a guy who would make you cry and then make you cry for crying, you know? Like, yeah. And, <laughs> and it, it was it was standard st- startup culture bullshit, like completely unrealistic expectations of 18-hour days, saying that he doesn't want employees there, he wants owners. Uh, I think they were expected to write about four or five articles in a week. And look, in like 15 minutes, I'm going to say that businesses like this are basically completely fake. But like someone has to write those four or five articles in a week. And if you want to write them in a way that's at all good, you, you can't write that many in a week. And like right, and he and they don't even mean like the way it's described. They don't even mean like four or five like gawker 2011 right. posts they mean like four or five like articles yeah, like, right <laughs> like, like a five thousand word yeah atlantic article and just completely crazy eugene robinson i think we mentioned him yeah, earlier who wrote who you know he had his own podcast eugenius and he had like other like he was one of their big content guys and he was supposed to have like high level production responsibilities and when like the shingles started falling off the roof they were having him edit the transcripts of the carlos watson show yeah you know just like he was one of their it sounds like one of their higher paid you know content providing employees and they had no idea what to do with him (laughs) You know, yeah. and it just, you know, he just, he burned out. Yeah. Morale was low know. because everyone knew that no one was reading or watching their shit. I think out of like 50 employees that they had in the early days, 42 rotated out. And so you think two more of those are Carlos and Samir themselves and not a great track record. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah. we started talking about this story around the time everybody else did. And we said, yeah, this would be a funny story to do. You know, unfortunately, there's no real lawsuit here. Right. Um, and then, like, two days later, somebody filed <laughs> right, a lawsuit. Right. So they are sued by uh, a holding company. Right. They're called Lifeline. Is- they're, yeah, they're, they're a funny money company. Lifeline Holdings, LLC. It's based in uh, Beverly Hills. It's just, you know, they're just an yeah. investment company. It's a guy jacking off in a room, basically. <laughs> <laughs> But he's mad. He's they, pissed. This guy's pissed. But they gave yeah. they gave they gave two and a quarter million. Right. No. Yeah. yeah. They, they have in two different and two different funding rounds. That's yeah. that's yeah. lawsuit money. Yeah. I'll sue over that. One and one and the big the first one the two million dollar one turns out was timed very poorly for Ozzy <laughs> because it was like the week after the <laughs> Goldman call. 
I mean, <laughs> right. So really fresh in their minds that Goldman had just caught them with their hand in the cookie jar yeah. and didn't and give Samir them money. Was on a mental health break. <laughs> we we can say that and, that 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 uh, agreement was signed. Let's say about eight hours after they oh. realized they need to get forty million from a bunch of other people who wouldn't do the yeah. same level of due diligence. <laughs> So when we said earlier that Goldman declined to make the investment, but they were able to find the funding elsewhere, yeah, it's these dips. Now let me make a little let me make a little correction here. Rob, uh, uh, Charles just said that Samir was on a mental health break, and I want to be very clear that this complaint demonstrates that, that appears to not be the case because he <laughs> right, that's right. he is not only named in all the facts as the guy making the direct representations to them he is personally named in his personal capacity as a defendant and is a hook for because all the counts here there's two counts for every claim one of them against him personally for each one of the claims um, which is litigation yep. strategy we might get to in a right. minute but yeah so he was he was still I mean he just he just changed lanes. He did not slow down at so all. So he was so he was about to take a mental health. Well, no, no, no. I mean, he didn't give a fuck I, you know, about what just I, happened. I, I think scrupulous fairness uh, and giving voice to all sides of the issue is a labs stock and trade. Right. Um, if you look at it from a different perspective, uh, like they do and I, he'd already gone crazy, and this was just more crazy. He can't be held responsible. I, I actually, uh, this was part of that whole you know spectrum of crazy. I have a different enough, theory, on and on one I'm surprised you didn't bring up, Tarek. But what could be more therapeutic than a successful deal? If you yeah. fail at a deal, only a successful deal can bring you back from it. So it's possible yes, that this right. was the mental health break. Right. Yes, this so, was the treatment. So he had I mean, a disease, this... and the only cure for him was more deals. That's right. <laughs> so, so the thing the thing that goes on here is that you make a bunch of representations when you're signing this deal. Uh, one of them being that your company didn't commit fraud. Guys, last this week. is really complicated law here, so be sure to yeah. <laughs> hang on. Mind and look at it again if you need to. Yeah. Hang on to your hats. Yeah, yeah. You can, you have to represent that you're not a house of cards yeah. that could collapse at any time. Uh, and uh, the material omission was that they were in fact a house of cards that they left at any time. And and that they did something that was probably illegal. I think yeah. you're not allowed to, you're you you, yeah. you have to represent that everything you're doing is legal and real. Uh, again, neither of which was true in the case of Ozzy. Right. The voice modulator is still warm from Samir Rao's breath. Yeah, last week we when... last week I bet the company at the track and lost. Uh, and I am here to ask you to invest. That's a problem. Yeah. That's something you need to disclose. <laughs> I mean, that is, uh, there's a guy who writes for Bloomberg, uh, whose name is Matt Levine. And he's like a, he's like a good, smart finance writer, right? And one of the things he says is that everything is securities fraud. Yeah, because true. anytime you fuck up, you didn't not fuck up <laughs> and yeah. so you deceived investors like if you don't tell them as soon as you fuck up that you fucked up there's like a gap in time when anyone who invested before you got caught or cop to it was buying with information with false information in the market so everything right. is eventually securities fraud at least for a and, period of time yeah and so he's like this though 
this is definitely security. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, courts, like in the most direct possible way. Yeah, I mean, courts courts <laughs> do have some filtering standards about like whether it you know materially affects the stock price, and they're not just going to yeah. accept. They're not going to quite accept that level of argument. But here, it's real clear. The allegation that Lifeline is making is basically undeniable, which is this poses great. If this fact were to come out, when it does come out. Uh, it's going to pose great financial risk to the company or possibly lethal financial risk to the company. And you knew that. Like, once Goldman discloses this, it's going to go fucking nuclear. And the funny thing about this fact is that they're they're saying that you knew that this could cause lethal risk. And you could say that Ozzy could potentially have had a defense that, well, no, we could bounce back from that. But unfortunately, Ozzy sort of did a performative admission by shuttering the company right, <laughs> right after the <laughs> story dropped. So apparently they agreed. Right. That's what they thought. Right. Right. And I mean, there were a lot of other bad facts. Half your board quit. Yeah. All your talent quit. Bummer. But shutting down, you know? <laughs> shutting down is probably the big one. And that's not just our analysis. In the complaint itself, Lifeline notes, hey, Ozzy shut down like a day after all this dropped like that that not only means that they agree with us but it probably means they also did a bunch of other illegal shit that we kind of need to discover because those will also be fraudulent misrepresentations of we didn't do any of this other stuff right and by the way that like there was a gap of like three months between the first investment round and the second investment round and if Samir Rao actually did take a mental health break. I would think that's also probably a material disclosure. Yeah. Right. Um, I like that he was their which... first call when he got back in the office, though. It was like, man, let's fucking juke these guys again. <laughs> <laughs> Just try to shake that tree for another 250 again, grand. Again, he knows where the deals are if he needs to get better. Yeah. Yeah. They're handing them yeah. out like candy. Now, now you should know a, a few other facts related to this that are problematic. Here is that, or at least one, is that another portion of the stock uh, provision of the stock purchase agreement that they're suing on. They're suing on, you know, securities fraud and sort of a, I guess it's a contract breach theory, but it's like a fraud related to this agreement. Um, they're saying that okay, so one of the stock, one of the provisions in the stock purchase agreement is an attorney fee shifting provision. Now that now that may be standard enough in some of these agreements. I don't sign them. I don't know much about them. But I will say, I don't think so. not great, not great. It is pretty rare because the it is pretty. I rare. mean, when I when, yeah, I, when I recall never when I googled the provision, I found plenty of SEC filings that that had attached agreements that had some, you know, a similar provision. This is not how I would draft this provision in the first place. I would include at least a little more. I don't know. Like substantial justice, unless it was substantially justified position right. or something like that. Yeah. But like, uh, this is a bad provision, and you can tell the attorneys stick it in there to threaten them. Which is, if you guys don't roll over one hundred percent for punitives and everything else that we're asking for, uh, we can just run this. Up. We can just run up the tab because we're not going to lose the lawsuit. They, the, the, you get attorney fees if you are the prevailing party. They will be the prevailing right. party. The, the central facts here are not contested. They're not contestable. They've been admitted in, in you know, the New York Times. Well, again, maybe Ozzy sees things a little differently. <laughs> <laughs> he sees that statue out from the desert dust. <laughs> <laughs> 
But unfortunately, Carlos Watson, even on the central fact, is like, yeah, Samir did kind yeah, of do they that. But he wasn't, you know, listen, he needed a mulligan on that one. He wasn't having, he, was, yeah. he had a bad day. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> You're not counting all the days he didn't impersonate. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, I wonder company. who put that provision in, right? Because I do not think, in general, that the lender investor wants that, right? Hmm. Like, I think it's something that Ozzy put in because they're like, look, we have like billions of dollars in capitalization mm. and we can fuck you with this thing. And they put in the my I don't know if it's true, but it feels like something they put in to keep people from suing It would them. fit with the hubris. Uh, it, would right. be, it would be great. <laughs> right. And it no, would probably, probably right. come out that they did when they try to challenge it and say that it's unconstitutional or something. And then <laughs> so we put it in there. So. But but what's gonna so so just to wrap up the the loss the complaint discussion they're seeking they're seeking damages for the securities fraud but the damages there might might be big might be not it depends so they've invested two and a quarter million dollars the value of their shares is probably significantly lower than that at this time it's maybe not roughly two and a quarter million yeah. <laughs> well if they shut down and reopened I mean they, you know they may they may not have any shares at all <laughs> maybe I don't know yeah but but presuming it's like you know cents on the dollar or something. They got two million, but they have another claim attached here, which is that there is a fraud claim in connection with the agreement, and this is just a tort claim. It's fraud by concealment, and so since mm. you've you know your material omission apart from the Securities Act is fraud by omission, and that's where they're sticking a punitive's claim on, and so mm. they're hoping to magnify their damages that way. But I think what they're probably mostly looking for is. Uh, you know, just a fat settlement with the threat of the attorney right. fees hanging over right. their head. And you're just going to give us everything. You're going to give us the total value of our shares. And if you're smart, you're going to give us 100%, which is the constitutional limit for punitives. Uh, so we'll shut the fuck up. Yeah, because, I mean, you got to imagine Discovery is going to be they do very, very, very significant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, most of the I'm just talking about the fees, claims. the attorney's fees that they're going to have to pay oh, for yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> they also don't but want yes. whatever's going to happen also, yes, in Discovery they, to happen. <laughs> but yes. Right. I mean, mo yeah, because mostly what they're asking for is just rescission plus interest. Right. You know, they're like, give us our money back yeah. and interest. and We want to piss it away on some other startup company that's a big scam. <laughs> yeah. Right, we got we got we got the next fraud to jump into. <laughs> uh, so predictions on, on the on on who might win the. Game? I think Ozzy pulls it out. <laughs> I think they pull it out. Yeah. Some I, people look at uh, uh, securities fraud and being sued for torts. Uh, as a warning against outsized egos and the impermanence of power, but you know what? I'm going to read it a little differently. <laughs> I think I think the biggest thing Ozzy has going for it is the principle, uh, blood from a stone. Yeah. Um, because I don't know how much cash is still lying around, right. and the company isn't really <laughs> worth anything. Yeah, it doesn't have any assets and other so, than its own name, which is worth. Well, it has all so, the investment like, dollars. Well, yeah, but I, I mean, how much actually, of that has been I spent yeah, out? I think already. a lot of That's that is sitting in Carlos Watson's bank accounts. So.
No, and that actually leads pretty nicely to, to the question section, right? Right. right. Yeah. So how does this happen? What? And the first question we have written down here is, uh, you know, why do investors not sue these fucking complete yeah. frauds? Yeah, or thinking, YouTube for that matter. Yeah. I, so and I, I think I what th- Charles said on the on the deep pockets argument uh, might be one of them, right? I mean, you invest in these fly by nights, they close up. I mean, there's usually not a, a ton of great people to sue left over. Yeah. Yeah. And there are like so many people who want a piece of the pie, right? Like there are just so many investors who are all like trying to get like pennies on the dollar of their old, you know, and yeah, no, the insurance companies aren't going to pay any of this because the fraud is going to void the policy. But typically that creates a race to the courthouse, not like uh, the opposite. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like the rate, like all of them, all the claims get, you know, joined, though. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, like they all get consolidated in front of one judge who like has to sort out, you know, all of the various, uh, all of the various claims. And so, and, you know, I don't know, like there's, you have, I mean, in terms of bankruptcy, your claim is better as... Uh, senior lender or whatever than it is as a judgment creditor. Well, okay, so right? so just just to just to clear up because I think we're talking without having fully framed the question. The question that I had for you guys earlier today that I was wondering about was that I was also thinking of Theranos is that some of the big investors here, like Alex Springer or T- Steve Jobs' wife, and I was thinking also about something like Theranos where we have these big shots who were all testifying mm-hmm. at the trial, talking about how they were taken for a ride, you know, Mattis and Kissinger and all these people, but like. We hear these people sometimes whine publicly, but they don't always file action. And none of the people in the two cases I've just mentioned are really chasing after the dollars here. And I was just wondering if you guys had perspectives on some of it. And so you said some of it, which is that, like, there's blood from blood from a stone. But I was just wondering if you guys had any other interesting thoughts about wh- why don't we see some of these big shots jumping in with the lawsuits? Why is it just this, this weirdo holdings company, the only the only one that's in so far? I mean, maybe they're the only ones who weren't in on the joke, right? I mean, think about Theranos. Like, Henry Kissinger probably doesn't want to sue because he doesn't want all his documents out there. That yes. All his course, That's course what I was thinking, Theranos. right? Yeah. Like, like Theranos' defense is going to be like, well, you weren't fucking defrauded at all. You knew exactly <laughs> yeah. what was going on here. Right. And I think a lot of the famous people didn't even really pay for their shares, right? Like, they got yeah, that them could also for sitting on Yeah, Ozzy, Ozzy might be a little different, but... I mean, you know, I, I, I kind of mentioned when we were talking about doing this, like... The big dick lawyer move would be to just walk in and be like, "Well, you would have invested anyway, you fucking idiot!" Like, who? Like, I don't think it would work, but you know, a lot of these people I mean, probably it, would have invested. You know, if, if you if you framed it in the right way, I don't know about this necessarily, not this company and not this kind of fraud, but certainly with something like Theranos, you think somebody like Henry Kissinger is just like, "Yeah, Elizabeth Holmes will fuck you." Like, who cares? And then that's that's where the money comes from, and it's like they don't want that going out there. I mean, I do think that there are, like, you know, lender classes and VC people who don't do, like, a ton of due diligence. I, I think it's even like, worse. The, they, I, I think they just say, well, the joke's good enough, so, like, yeah, we'll give you money, and then you pay us before this all comes crashing down. Like, right. it's, it's not even non-due diligence. They fully well know what's going on. Well, yeah, but, I mean, my point is that if they sue, their due diligence practices come under the microscope. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Because they're claiming right. that they were defrauded. Right. And you can only be defrauded if you, like, if, like, 
you don't look behind any of the representations at all if, as a sophisticated investor. If you're investor, giving Samuel Rao the voice modulator, you can't say that you were defrauded. Right. No, that's a good point. Right. You can't. There's there's usually no um, due diligence requirement for fraud. You can't be asked to have ferreted out or like taken into account the fraud but if you weren't actually deceived because your due diligence discovered the problem like if goldman had bit down and said well we figured it out but we think there's enough of a chance that you guys are going to make it that we're willing to gamble they wouldn't have this kind of action available to them later right now lifeline might right like they might have just been like i said it's just some guy jacking off in a room so they probably didn't do their due diligence but they probably did actually get defrauded in some way yeah yeah. So, which is- so my next question for you guys, uh, that because I, I, I think a story that's this close to the beginning, where we only have a complaint in terms of litigation, just it, it, it asks, it begs some questions that I, I feel like it's worth us to think about. The next one I was wondering is, I think you why- mean asks, Andy. We know lawyers are no. I, pur- I purposefully no. I purposefully did that to annoy some <laughs> fucking loser who's going to complain about it. <laughs> um, so, uh, so my next question was. So why does Ozzy start back up after shutting down, right? They close they close the doors, and then the next day they come back up. Now, the easy answer is to say, well, Carlos Watson is nuts, and he just can't make yeah, up his mind or that's something. Yeah, that's what I think. Let's sweep, yeah. Okay, but, but let's just assume that one away. Let's assume there might be some legal, some legally operative thing. What might be going on there? I hate to say this, but I think he's just stupid. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think they're I, yeah, reactive I, I don't know and if... stupid. I don't think they've made a single good decision no. along this, you know, compressed arc of time. <laughs> Maybe you guys are aware of something else. But like, I don't think there's any, like, discovery benefit or benefit for winding down assets or anything like that. That, that I mean, in, in their situation, like, I think they're fucked either way. I don't, I don't know if there's a way to really mitigate it in a meaningful sense by keeping Ozzy as a company. Rather, th- I mean, I think you well, could I, preserve I, it. I think if Carlos other... Watson fled to Vietnam or something. I mean, I, I think it goes the other way. I, I, if I were giving advice to them, I, I, I guess I'm, I'm inexperienced here, but I would think, like, I don't think there's any real reason to wind down right now. No. You probably you... aren't going to be able to make distributions because yeah. you are probably going to be under investigation or subject to litigation, and uh, and, and you're not going to be able to get rid of the money right now. So, so you might as well just keep it and keep it, you know, paying for your car and right. flying your and, around. And, and go like run that. away to Afghanistan and join the Taliban. Right, don't worry about trying to wind down the company. Strike. Separately, separately, something still has to exist of the company. Uh, in order, now you could do this in all kinds of wind down procedures or whatever, but something has to exist to the company so somebody can assert attorney client privilege, which presumably you are probably going to fucking want here. Right. With a number of your communications. Well, but Sam Rao can too, because he's in the lawsuit. So he really can assert the, the privilege either way, and then the rest of it, who cares? Like, okay, Ozzy has to pay them. Well, in this lawsuit. Yes. Yeah. But if the company were completely wound down and all assets distributed and just dead and not passed on or purchased by another entity, if it didn't continue to exist in any form, um, I, well, I think I think Carlos Watson's next two guests are Jamie Dimon and Questlove, and <laughs> if you shut the company down, he doesn't get to meet them. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Uh, and I, I think, I think maybe there are other skeletons. Yeah, uh, they're definitely. You know, like I mean, all of this came out in under a week. Right. Of well, the, but but of again, I, I think it's better served to get rid of it if the company doesn't exist anymore, because now there's nobody that needs to preserve the data or anything. You can kind of. Yeah. No. No. I think I think the problem is, and I, I hate to criticize Andy because I, I you know I love you to death, but um, 
the, the question isn't framed right. I mean, the, the question is, why did they shut down in the first place? You right. know? And I think, like, that was, like, the reactive, ridiculous decision. And then I think at some point they must have gotten some, you know, some good advice of, like, what are you doing? This yeah, well, that, no, that, I, that's I, why I it is the right question, question, right? Like, 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 yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. like it's, not, it's not worth asking why you shut down because why you shut down is obvious. The guy reacted, right? But why did yeah. they start back up? Because the lawyer called exactly. and said, what are you fucking doing, idiot? There's no fucking – you've got nowhere to run here. Just spend them, you know. Keep the company going. It's it's like a hundred times. Yeah, better. you're. I mean, the the grift the grift is pretty successful. I mean, it's certainly better than the, you know. I, I'm making 150 dollars on Twitch every three months. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's better than mine. I mean, I, I, I keep it going. Do you want to give the keep investor the purse coming. back, or do you want to slowly spend it away on your own personal expenses? Which one? All right. So okay. So, yeah. So my my last question. This was just one I was saying to myself. I didn't really talk this one over with you guys, uh, but it was just. Something stinks to me about the way Watson deals with Samir because I just was wondering why he doesn't go harder on him. When when he when he talks about the incident, it's like a fucking little league coach. He's like, "Well, you know, this guy, you know, he had a mental health break, but like we're all behind him and you know, we hope he gets better and and uh that's not the way I would I don't care if somebody has a mental health break or not. If you burn every fucking bridge in my life and you tag a red flag to my name for every eye bank in the world and you destroy the company that I'm involved with, possibly uh, sending the value to zero, and and the story is as he alleges, which is that he didn't know what Samir did, which I don't believe for a second. Um, this guy fucked him. If his story is to be believed. And that's just like not how you talk about somebody going, okay, little buddy, I hope you get better. And to me, the only reason you don't lose your absolute shit on a guy who does that to you is because he's got, you know, screenshots of a signal conversation with you or something where you guys planned out the fucking mic thing. I don't know. So I was just wondering he, if you guys had any he, thoughts he, about We that. already know that, that Carlos Watson was fucking doing this to, like, lower-level employees because, like, the, the coffee wasn't the right colored mug or you know what i mean like he was doing that to everyone so that this is the one guy that he doesn't do that to i think only strengthens that's a that. really I, I, really good point. i really don't know if there's any other that's really i i think i think if you sort of think back of what everyone did on all of the things that we're talking about carlos watson is the visionary ideas guy who yells at everyone to work harder and Samir is the guy getting his hands dirty, doing all of yeah. the work. Yeah. You know, he's the guy actually trying to defraud Goldman Sachs. He's the guy <laughs> yeah. taking the meeting with life. Carlos getting me fucked to do that. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, that's it. Carlos, Carlos is the guy who says, if you're not working 25 hours a day, you're not working at all, right. and berates people until they cry. And then Samir is the guy with the spreadsheets. Uh, who is the COO who like does all the work and I think if Samir is gone there isn't a company for Carlos Watson to have a TV show right. on yeah well, and like if, he if, and if Samir like, gets mad at him he could be a, a very unhelpful yeah, he could, witness yeah uh, he would well. be he would be you know a Pat Cipollone or just completely sell him up the river you know yeah. You know, it's like there was a time at Apple where Steve Jobs couldn't possibly have done it without Wozniak, yeah. right? right? Wozniak was like building the computers. Yeah. <laughs> it's and... that. It's that, but with illegal lying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like this answer because it, it it tells a it tells a more heartwarming narrative about the pair of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in a sense, in a sense, you do have to admit that, I mean, defrauding. 
I don't know, a Beverly Hills Holdings Company or a Billionaire Widows or something. Like, this is totally victimless. I don't give a flying fuck that oh, they yeah, did no, this. No, I, don't give a shit, yeah. <laughs> I wish they succeeded against Goldman. I don't yeah. give a fucking yeah. care. It's only the the employee abuse is the only thing that bothers That's true. Me. Right. Okay, good point. I don't care about the, I don't care about the click farming. I don't care if, uh, uh, you know, any of these super rich guys uh, got fleeced I mean, a little. Honestly, I wish they'd gone a little more with it because Ozzy Fest would have been fucking hilarious to see. If they had gone through with that, it would have been yeah. such great content for weeks. Yeah. Of like Hillary Clinton dying in a 100 degree heat wave, <laughs> while like 50,000 NPCs just kind of great. walk towards the stage. <laughs> yes, yeah, so this is a fun. Uh, this is a fun episode of A Lab because we're right at the start of what is bound to be a feast, a smorgasbord of legal action against this company. Um, yeah. Certainly, if there or were at other... least more hilarious, articles. right? More hilarious articles. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, yeah, there's, there's, there might be more litigation for other investors. Maybe not, right? But there, there's a definite likelihood of SEC enforcement action. Uh, I believe they're a New York company, no? So New York security team might go ahead and start looking at them. I don't know if there's SEC. If they were publicly traded, there I, absolutely would be. Yeah. But, and given their investor base, maybe there will be. Um, right, yeah, but, it's, it's a possibility. Right, but there certainly uh, is at least this one investor suit uh, taking a private right of action right. from... Uh, yeah. SEC and they might or from the Securities Exchange Act and you might find some more and it's it's definitely yeah. it's gonna survive a 12b6 motion so there's gonna be some discovery if it gets that far before yeah, settlement they, so yeah if they don't settle immediately it's gonna be very fun yeah I mean we don't know what kind of uh, labor issues they had sure you know, there like, might be a, yeah what it means when they when they shut I, down, you know, and they reopen, and um, you know, yeah, we have the the frauds mantra is always this was an isolated incident, but when it comes yeah. when it comes to this kind of stuff, getting caught is the thing that's the isolated incident. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's always going to be more shit here. They're going to uh, find they were, so much more shit if they were treating Goldman Sachs this way. There's always going to be more stuff, and what triggered that for me was. One thing we're not getting, and we might get soon, is what will probably be a culture of like a lot of sexual harassment and things like that, which will also, I mean, not funny, yeah. but you, you can imagine stuff yeah. like that. I mean, there was, I mean, that's one of the things, that's one of the things that Eugene Robinson said is that he thought, and I don't think we've even mentioned that because, in like the broad scheme of things, it doesn't matter, but Carlos Watson is black, and Eugene Watson, right. Eugene Robinson thought that it might like be a benefit to work at, you know, a black owned and run company and Eugene Robinson is also black. And he's like, it also seemed like the black people were treated extra like shit mm-hmm. there somehow still. Carlos Watson um, was somehow, in addition to all of his other wonderful qualities, <laughs> <horrible> racist. <laughs> um, so like, so yeah, so the, those shoes may start dropping yeah. too. Yeah, yeah so like we've been having a lot, we've been having a lot of fun uh, with the story, but you know, I mean, the interesting thing is, is that, like, this is essentially every company. Right? <laughs> it's built on lies. Uh, you know, management, uh, you know, has character traits ranging from incompetent to mean. Right? Uh, you know, they sort of 
probably had one thing they could do well, which allegedly Carlos Watson wasn't a terrible interviewer and was, you know, had <laughs> that's probably according to that charisma. <laughs> Although, you know, I don't know if Samir <laughs> Rao said that. The New York Times yeah. said that, yeah. Right. Yeah, but I mean, like, he probably did, like, he probably did have some charisma that he used yeah, to build yeah, the company. Workers probably like Maybe it. it translates to the Jimmy Fallon show. Yeah. You know, uh, they react like fucking complete. Uh, panicked idiots in a crisis situation, and obviously they didn't <laughs> run anything by the legal department. Right? I mean, this describes most of your yeah. companies uh, that I'm familiar with. Yeah. Uh, and in this case, they probably didn't even have a legal no, department. No, they probably have an so illegal it's, it's department. The they other... probably had something called the illegal department to do yeah. more crimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And. Uh, Oh yeah, they're also gonna, they're also definitely going to be sued because they don't unsubscribe anyone from. Oh yeah, <laughs> we totally missed that bit. Yeah, like the real. That, right. Yeah, I I was like I we we were talking about their social media metrics and whatever, and one of the things was that they would like just steal mailing lists from everyone who they worked <laughs> with, and I like I mentioned I mentioned Matt Levine before too, and I get his. Uh, I get his newsletter in a sort of burner email account that I have that I use to sign up for things that I never want to see because I know they're going to put me on mailing lists or whatever. Like I use it for political donations, whatever. Porn sites. Yeah, exactly. Um, Come on. Who signs up? Uh, Oh, I have to uh, go. So I so I wanted to like find his like columns on Ozzy and read them, and so I ran a search in my my that email account for Ozzy, and I found out that I was on their mailing list. I saw I saw like that account somehow. I had hundreds of emails from Ozzy. I saw a tweet today where I was I was just like scanning tweets that were mentioning Ozzy, and I saw a tweet from somebody, some kind of reporter or whatever, saying, "So I tried." I unsubscribed from every Aussie newsletter that I was possibly attached to after learning who the fuck they were from reading some of these articles and finding myself subscribed to them. And here's what I got this morning. And it's just like a screenshot of an Aussie newsletter. The unsubscribe (laughs) button did fucking nothing. (laughs) Which definitely runs afoul of, like, some federal law. Not legal, I don't think. No, I think it's super illegal to do that. And, and like, exactly what class action lawyers, like, completely lose their shit over. Yeah. Because it's the easiest thing to prove, and, like, the damage is multiplied by the number of people you did it to. Oh, yeah, so they really are going to go bankrupt, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, if they have any yeah, money left. I, I don't think there's they have There's no happy money. ending. Just a couple of stumps on a podium in the desert. <laughs> <laughs>
gotta be me, baby, hit or miss. Sitting here all by myself, trying to be everybody else. Can't you see? Hey, I gotta be me. I gotta be me, baby, hit or miss. Look at you sitting there, all by yourself, listening to everybody. Everybody say, be everybody else, can't you see? Oh, you gotta be the. Baby, hit on me. 